Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this football Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Lipinski. Wolf, you are celebrating over there, and that can only mean you got your computer to work. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do not panic ever. Just continue to go with it here. Of course, the computer screen is very, very important when you're broadcasting. You've got your notes. You've done all your work, all your show prep, of course, the night before, and now you're ready to go. Unless, of course, your computer screen is locked up. Then you've got real problems. Never seen the message that yours had. It was like, it it said, like, no client control or something. Like, what sort of feature is that? (laughs) I want a computer that can just block me out. Yes, especially when you're talking about a party Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's Friday, is it not? It feels really, really good, man. (laughs) Does it not, Luke? Anything goes. I can already tell on this show. We started the show meeting three different times. We're like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Wolf. Like, I want to talk about that it's a party Friday. Yes, Three party Friday. different times. Here we go, man. Ladies and gentlemen, here, leaving for Mexico City tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, that's... Um, so you know it's a party. That's kind of a bummer right there. That is. It is. I, I don't like traveling abroad. There are a lot of people that enjoy traveling abroad. A lot of people that like being out of country, as the rich like to say. I'm not one of those people. I've only ever been to Canada. So I, that really doesn't even, I, I can't even begin to empathize with you. Okay. I've spent 99.999% of my life in Canada's, the United States. Canada doesn't really count. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. They just I have mean, different donuts. You cross exactly. And they, they put ketchup on everything. <laughs> it just doesn't, Canada doesn't really count as being out of country. I, I know that sounds bad to um, some people that are here, some Canadians maybe. You they don't just think play more hockey. I, I just honestly, I think you know, we're, we're so similar, are we? not pretty similar yeah i haven't been there in a while but yeah i would say so all right uh we've got football on monday but because you have decided to leave the country then uh, this is this is our last chance to really talk to you about that game until you know moments before everything gets started on monday so let's just start big picture on this party friday wolf What's on the line on Monday night in Mexico City at that altitude against Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa and Fred Werner and Debo Samuel? We, despite all the twists and turns of the start of this season, a lot is on the line on Monday. Once again, you know, you you have to go back to pre-Seattle. You have to go back before that Seattle game and look at the fact the Cardinals were going to play the Seattle Seahawks at home. They were going to go on the road to play the Rams, and then they were going to go to Mexico City to play the 49ers. Three stacked consecutive games in the NFC West. And we all just kind of looked at it, including Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) Cliff Kingsbury was talking about it. We all kind of looked at this three-game window as, this is it, man. This is the opportunity right here for the Arizona Cardinals to turn their season around. And I thought the most winnable game of those three was the Seattle game at State Farm Stadium. Now, all of a sudden, we know they lost that Seattle game and they beat the Rams, of course, in L.A. Here it is, man. You felt like they had to win two of these three games. And that's still in front of them. And if they could find a way to do it to beat the 49ers... Man, now all of a sudden, five and six, say five and six or four and seven. 
What well, is it's, the, it's, it's two entirely different two stories. Entirely different. It's like fields. those those old books where you could pick which page you went to next based on the uh, the chapter, and then like if you land or the your choice you made, this is it. You're either gonna make the right choice and the book continues, or you're gonna make the wrong choice and you can't catch San Francisco or Seattle this season. And then the list of teams that you can catch for a playoff spot is so minuscule because believe it or not, as much as we all think San Francisco, or at least I think, is is set to pop off here at some point. They are the last wild card team right now. So this is the direct team you're chasing. It's the only team in your division you play again this season. You play them on Monday and then you play them again in week 18. You don't play the Seahawks or Rams anymore. And I don't know what to make of this, Wolf, because this division has had some dominance where Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay and Sean McVay has owned the Cardinals. <laughs> but the Cardinals are 3-1 and one in their last four against the 49ers. They're always close games. But for whatever reason, the Cardinals have had San Francisco's number the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, uh, that does give you a little bit of confidence. I was never big on that as a player. I never thought about that. I, I never did. Now, there were some people, I will I will grant you, there were some people walking around the locker room from time to time, and they would. They'd talk about, man, why, why can't we beat these guys? What is our problem? What is the deal, man? I mean, there would be some guys from time to time talking about it. But I never thought about that. I never cared. It was always one game. It was one game, man. Keep your eyes on one game, and it was always a test. I don't think that the 49ers are walking around thinking that. If anybody would be, it would be Kyle Shanahan because he's been the constant. They're such a different team now that you've added Christian McCaffrey to the, the mix on offense. But it is just, it, it falls in line with what we have seen from this con- or this division, rather, where, again, the Rams had owned the Cardinals. Now that's kind of evened out, I guess, in the last two seasons. The Cardinals have won two of five. But, you know, San Francisco owns the Rams. The Cardinals, I wouldn't say own the 49ers, but they have played them well. I would say the one constant is these games are always close and relatively low scoring. There's yeah. a lot of 17-14s, 20-12, 21-17 in that range. And... Honestly, with the way this season has gone, the fact that you are heading into a game that's probably going to be close and hard fought, and if you win, you are a legitimate playoff contender again, that's all you could ask for with the way this season has gone. Yeah, you know, it is setting up that way, no doubt about it. Also, too, I would say the Cardinals own the Rams in SoFi. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the playoffs. That's right, yeah, not in the playoffs. You're right about that, right. Uh, in the regular season, we've got to put some qualifiers on that. Um, I think everybody know, just, owns the Rams right now. There's just no getting around it, man. I mean, 4-7 and seven or 5-6 and six with 6 to go. Here's Think about that. Vance Joseph, who didn't mince words before the last Seahawks game the Cardinals played, uh, he was asked about the magnitude of Monday night's game. Yeah, I would say so, you know. I- you know, obviously, right now it's a division game, and you know it's a chance to win two in a row. You know, for this team, and that's huge for us. But yeah, I mean, every year you have games like this. You know, since he one year, we had to win three in a row to make the playoffs. You know, so I've been there before, and it's no different each year. But this is a big, big game for us, being a divisional game and being you know two in a row for our team. So you know, everyone's locked in. Hopefully, play our best football on Monday. We're excited about it. The only thing I would say is a little bit different this year, Wolf, is. Typically, the NFL stacks your schedule where you're playing a lot of your division rivals later in the season. Yeah. And the Cardinals don't. They don't play another team in their division except San Francisco in Week 18. So if you lose this game, so much is out of your control. Even if you just go on a run, you're still going to need help in the division. If you win this game, that actually kind of works in your favor. You let the rest of the division beat each other up while you're going and playing Denver and Atlanta. Yeah, no, that that definitely works out, but who really cares at the end of the season what they're going to do or who they're going to have to play if they don't win this game? 
Uh, I, well, yeah, again, I, I think I think basically you've got to exactly I think you've got to look at this and I think every guy in that locker room has got to look at this and guess what Basin Orleans if they lose the game and they go to four and seven right now what does that mean does that mean you stop trying as a player no of course not never ever you're never gonna do it you're gonna go out there and you're gonna play the game after that like it's your last game you would hope that's the feeling inside that locker room. I, I'm not guaranteeing that will be the the feeling inside that locker room. You hope it would be that. Um, but this is where you're at right now. You're going into week 11, and week 11 is your playoff game. As a matter of fact, week 10 was your playoff game. There's no getting around that. And at some point in time, you've got to acknowledge it. I want to see the desperation. I want to see that. Just like we saw in the first quarter of the Rams game, where we saw this team come out and play well. Um, even, I would say, even that first possession. I know the Rams went down the field and got three points out of that. But even that first possession right there, that defense could have got off the field if they made a play on third down. And they were scrapping. You could see it from the very beginning, and I hope to see it again in the first quarter. It's almost like a college season now the rest of the way, the rest of the regular season, where you can probably lose one game and be okay. But you can't really lose any more than that, and there are certain games you can't lose. And I would argue this one is not one you can lose. There's not another stretch on this schedule that you could point to and say, okay, here's our opportunity right here. Like You'll find games, and you'll say, okay, yeah, coming out of the bye week. But this this is the capper of your stretch of basically a best of three that you had to win in your division. And... Yeah, it's all right there on the line. We'll get into the potential injuries and everything, but um, you know, <laughs> it's it, it's it's an honest thing. If you win this game, you are right back in it. If you lose it, you're going to need a lot of help, and yeah. you're going to need to go on a right. run. And the bye week, you know, it, everything flips. The bye week suddenly working against you because you're going to want to be playing every week. Right now, if you win, the bye week helps because you win. You've got one more game. You kind of get to rest up. You probably wanted it earlier in the season, but now maybe you can kind of lean into it, having it later in the season. I don't know. It's all you can ask for. I mean, it's it's we're almost to Thanksgiving, and you have a very meaningful football game. That's yeah. all you can ask for. And as a player as well inside that locker room, if you're a leader right now, you have to speak this way. You have to. You got to tell the truth. Don't BS. You got to tell the truth. Just be nice to see them win two games in a row. I mean, that's also on the line on Monday. If you win that game, you've won two in a row. And it's it's amazing what two wins in a row can do for you during an NFL season. Right. All right, over to basketball when we come back. The Suns get the Jazz tonight. This was supposed to be like an easy game, but all of a sudden the Jazz have a good record. Are the, the Suns handling Chris Paul by design? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, on paper, this is a much different matchup tonight than you would have expected just a couple weeks ago when the NBA season was starting, Wolf. um, (laughs) Everything we have heard is that this is going to be probably a historic end of the season in terms of just NBA teams that are out of it, just mysteriously sitting all their best players and uh, not being so upset if they lose so they can get Victor Wembanyama. Utah clearly went into rebuild mode in the offseason with some of the trades they made. So you figured the Jazz would be up there near the top of that list. I think their over-under and wins was, at one point, it was down to 22 for the season. And then they started 10-3. and three. Yeah, That's who the Suns get tonight. 
that enigma of a team. Yeah, um, they started 10-3. and three. They got off to a great start, but of course they're coming back to earth a little bit right now. 10-6, and six, they've lost their last three. And it wasn't super impressive either. Uh, they lost to the Wizards, of course, the 76ers, and the Knicks. Three 500 teams, and the Knicks game was actually at home. So they're in a bit of a funk right now at 10-6, and six, losing their last three. You look at the players they got rid of in the offseason with Rudy Gobert, obviously, who we've already seen in Minnesota. Donovan Mitchell, who has been a monster for Cleveland. He was a monster for Utah. Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, Bogdanovich having a really good year now in Detroit. That was a guy that the Suns were actually linked to a little bit in the offseason. That's the sign of a team that's like, okay, Danny Ainge is in here. He's running the show. Let's clean house, start over. You know, Utah, Utah was that cautionary tale of if you don't, if you don't manage your assets right, you're going to be in rebuild mode quicker than you realize. Remember when the Suns went to the NBA finals two seasons ago, Utah was the only team with a better record. Yeah. It's not like they had a bunch of good players retire. They just realized this isn't working. We can't get past a certain point in the playoffs. Right. And they tore it all down. And yet they are still, they have a better record than the Suns right now. Do you know who their leading scorer is? Is it Laurie Markin? It is Laurie Markin. You nailed that right there, of course. Laurie Markin, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, look, they are certainly still in the surprise category. I would put them as a surprise at 10 and 6 right now. I'd put them into that category, but. Um, this is a game that the Sun should go out, take care of business, and win. They are basically the opposite of the 49ers, who are going to see the Cardinals play on Monday, right? It feels like San Francisco has all the right pieces. They just got to figure out how to, how to fit them together. Sure. It seemed like Utah just had players they got back in trades that they weren't even really doing with the intention. It feel like they were making trades to get the picks, and then they got some players back, and somehow they've all fit together instantly. Yes. I mean, 10 and 6, you know, we'll, like you said, we'll see. They 10 and 6, yes, but 0 and 3 in their last three, and they might completely fall apart here. But they've been probably the best story around the NBA early this season because you just don't see a lot of teams that are expected to be bad, especially in a year where there's a clear-cut number one pick everybody wants, actually go out there and, and shock some people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, once again, um, for me right now, they are the early surprise still. I'd put them in the early surprise category of the NBA, but I think they are starting to show their colors a little bit, come back to earth. Kellen Olson, our own Kellen Olson, wrote this uh, story for Arizona Sports going through, comparing them to that 48-win Phoenix team. God, what year was that, 2014, where the Suns weren't supposed to be anything? Yeah. Jeff second, all of a sudden, they were they were decent. Uh, but he did point out that, that Utah is starting to show some issues in um, giving up a lot of points on the fast break, and they are worst in the NBA in points allowed in the paint per game. So like these little underlying metrics that you could actually see derailing a surprise. Can you imagine just season. how weird that is for them, right? Without Rudy Gobert, of course. Can you imagine just how, <laughs> probably an adjustment period? Just how weird that is, right there. They're allowing the most points in the paint when, of course, Rudy was the human eraser. Yeah, yeah, and that would seem to set the stage for DeAndre Ayton, but. Uh, We'll see. It would also seem to set the stage for campaign. <laughs> we'll see. Because because of the, uh, the the fact that Utah isn't very good against the fast break. So campaign, whether Chris Paul is able to go or not, we're going to see some campaign. Chris Paul has now been questionable day-to-day, whatever you want to call it, for about a week and a half, Wolf. And I'm not really concerned by it because it's the regular season. And isn't this kind of what we all said they might need to do this year? Yes, 
Yes, to answer your question. Um, yeah, you know, uh, this feels like a campaign audition. It does. Now, well, the timing would make sense. I, I think it's by design. I do. I think. Okay, Chris. You know. Oh, you got a little. You got a little heel. Oh, you sit down, Chris. You go ahead and you sit down and just take it easy right now because we all know this is about the long view, Chris, not the short view. This is the long view, and the long view includes playoffs. And somehow, some way, we got to find a way not to go out and win 64 games. Now, listen, if we happen to win 64, well, have at it, of course, but not at the expense of sacrificing the playoffs for the regular season. So, Chris... We we got to figure out a way. This is this had to be a conversation that happened in the offseason. I, th- I think it was. It had to be. I think it was one that happened in camp. I think Chris Paul kind of gave us some insight into that. That after that game uh, on what was that October thirtieth against Houston, where he was talking to Al McCoy and Tim Kempton, and he didn't say that explicitly, but he did say as a group we sat down and we're like, okay, how do we lessen the load a little bit on Chris Paul and Devin Booker? And he gave specific examples of having Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson at the time handle the ball more. But I also think to your point, so like. Chris Paul hasn't played since the Philadelphia game last Monday, so he's missed four games. Um, A, there's no point in rushing him back. There there just isn't. Correct. But B, you do kind of need to know what you have in campaign. You do. Because there's going to be a stretch later in this season when, I mean, you have to bring up January 15th. DeAndre Ayton will at that point be tradable if he's willing to be traded. I don't think you're you're approaching that saying we're going to move him. Right. But you, you need to have... A very direct plan when January 15th hits because then the trade deadline is February 9th. So you're going to have like three and a half weeks to do everything you need to do right in there. And maybe they do it earlier. Maybe they trade Jay Crowder tomorrow or maybe they go out and trade some of these picks for something. But I think a key element in all that and a big variable is do they trust campaign? Because last yes. year in the playoffs, they clearly didn't. Yeah. No, you're right. And this is why I say this is. This is an audition for campaign right here. I'm sure Cam knows that as well. He's got to feel that. He's got to sense that. You know, we're not trying to rush Chris Paul back here. And by the way, Cam, um, you've got to even out your play. You've got to be able to show us that you're capable of doing that before we make any moves or don't make any moves at the trade deadline. I think that's what all of this is about right now for me. And again, it doesn't really matter whether it's by design or not. It doesn't. The opportunity is here, and I think the Suns are going to take advantage of the opportunity of kicking the tires on campaign, saying, if in fact you were the guy, if Chris Paul goes down again in the postseason, um, do we need to find somebody else? at the trade deadline, or are you going to be okay? Well, this is where winning these games gives you more leash to work with that stuff, too. Campaigns hit uh, in the 20s, what, 22, 23, and 29 in three of his last four games. Now, it's not like the Suns are on a tear here. They're three and four in their last seven, but they started off six and one, and so you bought yourself some leeway there where you don't have to rush guys back. Um, you don't want to be dropping down like in the Golden State range right now where you're on the outside looking in. Golden State can do that. I would assume the Suns could do that, but you don't want to test it. Here's James Jones on with Burns and Gambo this week talking about Chris Paul and Landry Shamit as well. For Chris, we just, we're going to be cautious um, because we're thinking long-term, uh, just making sure that you know when he's, he's with us, he's able to play at a high level and continue to build, um, build with this group. Um, we're 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 banged up a little bit right now, uh, but you know when when we get him back, we want him back whole. Sons aren't hiding the plan. 
they're just it's just a matter of we're, this is what we're going to do this season. Yeah, let's see if it works. Yeah, and if you're James Jones, you want as much evidence as you possibly can get, as you possibly can gather in regard to whether or not you've got to make a move with campaign before the deadline. Yeah, and that does also when you say the deadline. I'm sorry, it it just. It also makes you think of DeAndre Ayton, and it makes you think of January 15th. January is going to be such a potentially pivotal month for the Suns, because either DA's got it figured out, or they are happy with what DA's doing, and it doesn't really matter. Or there's going to be a scramble in there of like, is this our chance? Is this our, our last window with Chris Paul where you can legitimately win a title with Chris Paul if you believe that's this year? I know some people believe it's already passed. Some people believe you would still have next year too. But either way, this is a big year. And from January 15th to February 9th is going to be your stretch if you feel like you need to make a big move. That's probably the only time you can really make a big move. I yeah. don't think Jay Crowder is going to get you a big piece. I agree. Uh, you could, I guess you could send a bunch of picks to somebody tomorrow and make a big move, but... Generally speaking, it's going to be those three weeks if they want to go down that path or even entertain it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Cardinals released their first injury report of the week yesterday. So why is DeAndre Hopkins on there? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Reports the first of the week. How's it look? I asked rhetorically. And there's some big names on here. You could really win. You could win some games with the players on the Cardinals injury report. I'll tell you that. Okay. You want me to start with San Francisco? Yeah, I'm digging this rejoin a little bit though. Are you basing on it's on a Friday? Yes. Of course they are. Uh, turn it off. <laughs> Okay. The consultants say I shouldn't make noises because people don't like it when I make noises. So check. We're going to blow your face off on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's a party Friday here on the Wolf and Luke Show. You're not supposed to make noises? I nailed the post. Yeah, consultants say that, at least for me. They have consultants? I annoy people when I make noises. <laughs> if somebody just comes up to you and says they annoy you, that doesn't, yeah. <laughs> or you annoy them, that doesn't make them a consultant. I think the voice just annoys people, period. Oh, that's, Sorry, um, it's the only one I got. It's different than making noises. That's actually your voice. <laughs> All right, look. What do can, you got for We me? can put this off as long as we want, but I'm still holding the injury report. Okay, <laughs> there it is. The I feel like I'm sitting report. here like, oh, I got homework to do. Is anything else better going on? Well, the homework's still there, Wolf, so here's okay, the injury good. report. All right, let's start with San Francisco, okay? Yeah. Did not practice on Thursday. Eric Armstead. Okay. All right. That's good. I'll take that. Nick Bosa. Uh, Nick. I'll <laughs> but, but just Nick, resting. You just sit down, Nick. Just resting. Okay. Uh, Samson Ebicom, but that's that's a real thing. Yeah. Javon no, Kinlaw. He's got three and a half sacks, man. Yeah. You sit down, too, Samson. Shavarius uh, <laughs> Ward, Trent Williams, but those are both rest and personal. Okay. There you go. And uh, Danny Gray, the wide receiver, limited. Okay, that's San Francisco. Okay. So not yeah. really anything. Not all really, that. yeah. They're not yeah. banged up. You get some up. names on there, but most of them are yeah, just voluntarily sitting. All right. What, what do you got now? Now, I want to remind everybody with the Cardinals, this does not Nobody count. Nobody panic. This does not count injured reserve. 
So I'm not reading right. you all these guys like Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh right. and Will yes. Hernandez, all these guys on IR. Uh, let's go with the full participant. Okay. Matt Prater. Yes! Okay, um, kicker. Yeah. Sorry. No, but I do on. like Matt. I like Matt, Matt too. Matt's, Matt's the kind of kicker. Was good. You know what I love about Matt? Matt's the kind of kicker. Kick a field goal and then bash you in the face after it. So I like Matt. Uh, limited. Here's the guys that were limited, all right? Okay. Max Garcia. Okay. None of these, nobody on the Cardinals list is like rest or personal reasons. It's all, it's all actual injuries. Okay. Max Garcia, shoulder, Marcus Golden, illness, Colt McCoy, knee, Kyler Murray, hamstring. Always good to have both your quarterbacks on the injury report. Okay. Yeah. But limited, correct? Both. Yeah. All those guys were limited. Limited. All right. I like that right there. That's hopeful. Okay. Now here's a, did not participate at all in okay. practice on Thursday. Okay. Uh, let's see. You've got Byron Murphy. Okay. You got me. I'd like to have him back. Byron Murphy. Uh, DJ Humphreys. Okay. You got me. I'd like to right have there. him back. Just stop. DJ Humphreys. A must. How are we going to play fulcrum football today if nobody's playing? You've, you've got, first of all, I'm just, I'm, uh, la, 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 la. I'm just assuming that DJ Humphreys is going to play. Okay. Okay. Can I do that? I just did. Yeah. Can you tell me why? Why you're assuming that? Um, because it's a back issue, correct? Yes. Okay. It's a back. I didn't even look at the injury report. I'm just, I'm going off. Good for you. (laughs) I didn't even look at it. So it's a back right there. Um, and did he play last week? No. I was hoping you were going to say yes. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I know he didn't. As a matter of fact, he did not play last week. So he's got this little tweak back. And because of that, he'll be good to go. Come on, okay. it's Monday. That's an interesting way to spin it, because you said, did he play last week? I'm sitting here thinking, like, no, he didn't. How is that a good thing? Yeah, And you're right. saying he's rested up. And he's rested. He's ready to go. He tweaked the thing. It was a problem. They knew he was going to be facing Nick Bosa. And by the way, go and look at the tape base earnings. Nick Bosa, they'll move Nick Bosa around, of course, as you would imagine. Um, but he's at his best, Bosa, when he lines up as the right defensive end, when he's over the left tackle. Okay. Okay. Just know so that. DJ Humphreys has so, to play. Hump, here we go, baby. I'm not done with the list. Little blue juice in the back. Zach Ertz, we, we know he's not playing. He didn't practice. Buddha Baker didn't practice. I'm just going to assume he is playing because he's, he's Buddha. Of course. Buddha's playing. Why is DeAndre Hopkins on here with a hamstring issue? No! No! <laughs> Did they actually have him last? Did they have them last? No, okay. That was for dramatic effect. <laughs> I was just okay. Um, why? Okay, he's on there with a hamstring. Um, yeah, that that's what Wednesday. is happening? Yeah, that was uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Was well, he on there? Thursday. I mean, because yeah, because the Wednesday week, he yeah. just kind of doesn't practice anyways for the most part. Thursday. Well, with the Monday, they don't even have Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. great. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, okay, so Thursday. Let's let's see if he practices today. Yeah, that'd be nice. Right? Be let's nice find if, out if, before you even consider DeAndre Hopkins. Hop is going to play. Hop is going to play. This is a guy, I, I'm serious. I, I feel, I don't care what the injury report says with Hop. If, it, if it's a soft tissue thing, Hop is going to play. No doubt about it. So I'm not even considering that. I reject you, and I reject the injury report. <laughs> you can feel free to reject the injury report. Here's uh, DeAndre Hopkins' numbers in his first. And I got to do the math. Was this eight eight years? His first eight years of his career. Okay. How many games? Two. He missed two out of 128. Two. Two out he of 128. Two games. Okay, great. That's so what I'm saying. He's playing. Played in 126 and missed two. 
In the last year and a half, he's played in 14 and missed 13. Okay, yeah, he had a good reason why. He had a really good reason why that he missed. How many games? 13 of the last 27. Oh, yeah, but it was a hamstring, wasn't it? No, it was his knee. I thought originally it was a hamstring issue in that Packers game. No, man. No, it was his knee, man. He He was masked in that Packers game. So... For me right now. Oh, then I'm sold. He's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play. Who is, who's more likely to play, DeAndre Hopkins or Hollywood Brown? Because um, I've already just put Hollywood in the I'm lineup. I'm going to say Hop. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say Hop. Um, although Hollywood, when I saw Hollywood, that little clip, that Tyler Drake, our own Tyler Drake mm-hmm. right here at Arizona Sports Base, and he's actually had this little clip. Um, Hollywood Brown ran a drill in individual, and it looked like, holy cow, he's 100%. You could see him moving, and didn't look like that ankle was giving him any issue whatsoever. So, heck yeah, man, he's yeah. going to play. I, I, felt, I, I felt pretty good about Hollywood after seeing that. And just the fact that, you know, we talked about this yesterday. He's on the field. They put him, he's out there practicing with what's on the line. You figure, okay, he's going to go out there and, and play if he can. And he's not a lock to play. But if you could have them both out there, I really, I don't want to say I like your chances because San Francisco is a dangerous team. But I think if, if you have Hopkins and Hollywood, it goes from, boy, they sure need to win this game and anything can happen on Sundays or Monday in this case to, all right, the Cardinals have a look that nobody's seen yet if you have Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. That maybe works to your favor in this one case that nobody's even seen it yet because you haven't seen it yet. But you got to have them both out there. Yeah, and once again, um, I think there's no doubt about it. I think they're going to put him out there, and I also think Kyler Murray's going to go out there as well. If, in fact, there's any, hey, get back, you got to get back. Hollywood Brown, we need you back right now. We need you to get in here. This is our season. We all kind of know it right now. So Hollywood, even if he was feeling any type of pain whatsoever, they're never going to put a guy at risk by running him out onto the field, but they're going to give him the option if he wants to, even if he's got some kind of discomfort whatsoever. They would give him the option of doing that. And I think he'd take it in this game because I think everyone knows how important this game is. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back with the Cardinals playing Monday, that means you have Sunday to watch the rest of the league. We're going to tell you who we're going to focus on with our five-star games next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL's best games as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Week 11 has already begun with Green Bay losing again to Tennessee last night. We'll get more into that later on, Wolf, but it is time for five-star games. Week 11 edition, how many do you have? Five-star games. Okay, um, I got one. I got two. You got two. I got okay. two. Um, I've got one five-star game. This is game. where you say you have higher standards than me. I, I'm I actually, no, I'm not going to say that okay. right now. I think everyone listening understands that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> What? just implied you don't even have to say it. <laughs> okay, so I've got one five-star game. Gather on the transistor and press the ear. Here it comes. The Dallas Cowboys playing the Minnesota Vikings. 
The Cowboys and the Vikings, as I nail the post. A five-star game, if ever there was. I realize the Dallas Cowboys are six and three. Is Dak Prescott back in the fold right now for the Dallas Cowboys? He is, but he doesn't. He is. He is, but he hasn't been, like, amazing yet. I ask rhetorically, of course. He has not been amazing right now. Neither has the Minnesota Vikings defense, except for taking the ball away from you. That's what the Minnesota Vikings have done very, very well. They're number two. Two in the National Football League, turning over offenses 18 times, man. That's number two. Philly's number one if you're scoring at home right now. I am. The most takeaways in the National Football League. Go figure. They're really, really good. Eight and one, just like the Vikings. Those two teams have turned over opponents 38 times combined. That's what the Minnesota Vikings are doing well that, and they're getting to the quarterback as well, putting pressure on the quarterback. The Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Fawn! Storm! Yay! I'm not going to disagree with you. That's one of my two. I would also add this. Minnesota, 8-1, and one, seven straight one-score wins. Is an NFL record. They're going to, I guess, try and extend that to eight on, uh, on Sunday. They're at home, okay? That's an NFL record. Yes. Not to be glossed over. No. Because I definitely glossed right you over did. that. But I've also brought it up 14 times. This okay, week, that's so good. People have heard it. Right. Uh, the same people that know you have higher standards than me now know <laughs> that Minnesota. Indeed. Care to guess who's favored in this game? Uh, the Vikings. Dallas is favored Dallas. in Minnesota. Are you? Come on. Favored I should have known that. Minnesota. Why else would you ask? I know. I, I couldn't set you up any better. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys, you know what? Defense travels, does it not? Oh, my goodness. Defense will travel. All right, the other one that's a five-star game, and I, I don't know why it's not good enough for you, Chiefs-Chargers on Sunday Night Football. We already saw these teams play each other once this season, and it was a nail-biter down to the wire. The Chiefs are, they were number one in my uh, power rankings this week. I don't know where you had them. I don't think you had them one. No. The Chargers are playing for their season in a lot of ways on Sunday night. If they lose, they're 5-5. Five and five. They're not done, but the division's done. So you're basically taking a team that is near 500 and saying that's a five-star game. That's a team right a lot there. of people thought was going to be We've a contender. played nine weeks. Nine weeks. Are, are they surprising you? Nine the Chargers? Times. Yeah, they should um, be better than five and four. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, the roster says they should be better. Um, but once again, they're not. This is their last chance to prove that they are as good as their roster looks for a while. It's their last chance against the Chiefs. This is basically the division on Sunday Night Football. Okay, yeah. And it's a division rivalry. Right, and once again, it's not a five-star game. I've convinced game. myself it is. It is a four-star game right there. Let me also say that I believe the New York Jets yeah. at 6-3 and three right now game. against the New England Patriots at 5-4. and four. Oh, my goodness. What kind of season is going on up in five? Foxborough. What is it, Bill Belichick? What do you got? Who's your quarterback? What is going on? Up and down, back and forth. Um, this is going to clear up the AFC East and do it promptly, I might say. They've already beaten the Jets once this year in New York. Belichick has obviously had a lot of success against the Jets over the years. I would say right now on paper the Jets have the better roster. 
But if the Jets are for real, they're going to have to figure out a way to beat the Patriots in one of these matchups, and they already lost the first one. Yeah, I definitely have that as a four-star game. I will tell you, this other one would not have been a, uh, a four or even maybe it would have been a, a, a must-watch if they hadn't moved it to Detroit. But Buffalo and Cleveland, did you see they've moved it out of these six feet of snow? I did, as a matter of fact, and it just it kind of bummed me out. It did. I get it. It's going to be a blizzard. It's going it. to be yeah, a snowstorm. Hey, we're not talking about six inches. We're not even talking about 36 inches. We're talking about six feet. The possibility of six feet. That will wipe you out in western New York. If that were to happen. What's the most snow you ever lived through there? You know, um, I, I don't want to exaggerate here, but in the blizzard of 77, go back and look at it, my young Kronk brothers. The blizzard of 77, I was 15 years old, and I will tell you, it decimated the city, shut it down for 17 days. Wow. There were, it was probably, I want to say, seven feet of snow. Blinding whiteouts. Have you ever been in a whiteout, Luke? Just you know when the Coyotes always? are in the playoffs. Okay, no, no, no. No, okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about driving. You're driving along and all of a sudden, look, everybody, I can't see anything. Once but driving white. in Colorado. Anything. Once, once, yeah. Yes. One time in Colorado. And that will happen for seconds. And I'm talking about 20 seconds. Do you think you could do some damage in 20 seconds? Yeah. yeah, you could, especially if you're moving along at 50 miles an hour and all of a sudden you can't see anything. Do you even try to shovel the snow when there's that much in the driveway? Like, no, what's the you point? don't. Yeah, okay. Your neighbor does. You laugh at him, but you don't. <laughs> Very supportive of the uh, neighbors. Any other games you like this uh, this weekend? I can tell you which game is not a five-star game or a four-star game okay. or a three-star game or even a two-star game. But I'm kind of intrigued by Vegas-Denver just to see if either team can get out of their own way and score, like, three touchdowns in one yeah, game. You know, that's that's really great because there are a lot of bad games. That, that, Have that you game, noticed? That game is so bad, I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, that, that could be really, really bad, especially when you consider how well we thought the AFC West was going to be, right? How good it was going to be. How well they were going to play all four teams. Oh, my goodness. The the AFC West is the toughest division in all of football. And their roster, basically, there's no doubt. If you look at the roster, it says so. But, man, the way these teams are playing right now, and I would say those two are two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year. The, the Raiders and the Broncos. They are the two, right? I can't think of another team. that's yeah. uh, Green Bay is probably up there. Yeah. But when you consider what Vegas did in the offseason, bringing in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones to a team that was already in the playoffs, and what Denver gave up for Russell Wilson, that's two teams that decided, even though we're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, we're going to go all in on this season. And it has been awful for both of them. Yes. 5-13, and 13, Broncos fans have wanted their head coach fired since week one. His first ever game. Remember that game that they lost the to Seattle? He didn't go for it on yeah. fourth down. Decided to kick like a 90-yard field goal or something. I think it was like a 65-yard field goal. It was, was, was going to be a record. Something yeah. like that, right. Um, look, everybody, we just gave Russ all this money, and we're not going to let him try to convert a fourth down. And now, since then, when they've tried to let him, he's not really I know. Them. All right, that was five-star game. Mess. <laughs> Absolutely. Those teams are 5-13. and 13. That, There's mess. no stat to sum them up better. 
We come back. The Niners have the pieces. They haven't put them together just yet. What can we expect from them on Monday? We're going to go behind enemy lines and talk to 49ers radio analyst Tim Ryan next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.